Brilliant. Right, let's do a podcast. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to Frook Unwrapped, the Food Review UK podcast. I am Stuart and I am joined today, this week, tonight, in the present tense by a man who is beefier than the bastard offspring of Space Raiders and Monster Munch combined. It's Nathan Peterson. My, 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 that's a beautiful uh, introduction, isn't it? It's, I've tried my best. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good. As you can hear, I'm... On the uh, moon? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the moon, yeah. Yep. It's um, <laughs> tried to improve my circumstances and only made them worse. So. Regular listeners may, uh, may have noticed that Nathan Peterson has substantially upgraded his audio equipment, and that has, <laughs> that has involved a, uh, a, a space trip. Uh, I am also joined by a man who is back from a mystery illness which may or may not have been contracted from eating human flesh in a vain attempt to go viral. It's Michael Jameson. I'll have you know those two things are of no uh, relation to each other whatsoever, actually. <laughs> How are you feeling, mate? <laughs> I'm much better now. I'm very, very angry about the last show, though, I have to say. Why? What, we, we did not say anything untrue or unfair. You no, you guys were all... Like, sort of just making out that, oh, he's a bit under the weather, or he doesn't feel up to it. I had a fucking chest infection. <laughs> have, you, have you got a doctor's note? I went to the doctor, like, twice, or once. <laughs> Can you not remember? It must have been a bad infection if you had a, a fever. Uh, well, I went, <laughs> I went two days on the trot because the second time was about my RSI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and did he tell you you need to stop? <laughs> Is that like a wanking implication? Yep. Yeah, no, I didn't mention it. I Although I didn't mention how much I did it, so... <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, I thought MJ was going to be on his, best, on his best behaviour tonight because we're joined by a very special guest. He's a professional broadcaster. He's serving out a community service order by slumming it on Frook Unwrapped. He's the host of the Blue Moon podcast. He's the media executive of Oldham Athletic Football Club. He is Sam Roscoe. Sam, how are you doing, mate? What have I got myself into? <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. I'm sure that the um, you know the executive team and the management team of Oldham Athletic are listening intently uh, as you appear on a podcast in which a man talks about um, causing repetitive strain injury through furious masturbation. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to that coffee in the morning. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, for those uh, people who might not be familiar with Sam, Sam is uh, the host or one of the hosts of the Blue Moon podcast, which is a Man City podcast. Um, he's a good northern boy. I mean, I think you know I, I sold Sam to the other to the other lads as being a, a a great professional broadcaster. But really, what I wanted to do was even up the score and get in, get another another northerner on against these two um, professional southerners that we usually have. But for the benefit of those people like Nate and Michael who've never met Sam before, Sam, I would like to start off today by asking you some random food and drink questions. And what I need you to do, mate is to give me three numbers between one and ten. Okay. Bring Go it on. on. Go on, then. Uh, number four. Num- oh, number four, Sam. What is the sexiest fruit or vegetable? <laughs> Grapefruit. Really? 
Ooh, yeah, have you ever seen that? If, have you never seen that video on YouTube? Just type in grapefruit on YouTube. Um, oh. it's, it's an experience. <laughs> it's it an experience. Is it safe what? for MJ after his recent doctor's appointment? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you might need to book another appointment for tomorrow. It's right. it's uh, it's it's a viral video from um, an American lady who ah uh, yeah she's some sort of like. Uh, sex aid or something like that for for people, and um, she she uses a grapefruit in in some form. I'm sure you can use to your imagination. Oh dear, I do remember this video. Actually, I remember it. As, as soon as you as soon as you said sex and fruit, that was the one thing that popped up. Not from personal experience, <laughs> <laughs> literally popped up. Hey, go on, give us another number then. Uh, number eight, please. Number eight. If you were a food, what would you be? Oh, you could have prepped me before with all this. <laughs> <laughs> um, pizza. It's got to be pizza. Everybody, you know, has their own sort of idea of pizza, and mine's just a massive one. Massive and M- massive, cheesy, greasy. Yeah, that's it. Covered Pepperoni, in covered in meat. meat. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. Final number, please, Sam. Uh, number two. Number two. Do you have a sweet tooth or a savoury tooth? Oh, depend. You know what? I think it depends on what what de- um, what time it is in the day. Go on. And Qual- what I've done that. during the day. So if I've had a a really long day and I just want to chill out, then I'll go for savoury stuff. Whereas if I've had like a busy, you know, I've been out and about and stuff like that and with friends, etc., then I'll, I'll probably go for some sweet stuff. But at the minute, I am obsessed with sweet and salty popcorn. So it's... I, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence with that question. Literally, literally the, the perfect on-the-fence food. It, it's a funny one, isn't it? Like, if you've had a day on the... Uh, is there anyone who, after having a few drinks, having a day on the beers or whatever, fancies something sweet? No. No? no. MJ, you're a big drinker. What about you? <laughs> Yeah, after after uh, after I've had a day uh, on the beers, um, <laughs> I I like nothing more than to sit down with a large sort of hot curry beer. <laughs> <laughs> You're just such an absolute lad, though, aren't you? So oh, I'm just the laddest. Absolute madness. Right. Well, uh, before we get onto our our topic that we brought Sam here to discuss, has anyone got any food news? I'll tell you what this. Can I? This is probably the biggest food news day we've had on the podcast. Go on then. I got three things. Wow. I got three relatively sized things. I think I'll go in order of size. Uh, first of all, Foxes, the Glacier Sweet Company, are going to be celebrating their 100th anniversary shortly. They're going to be releasing two new flavors. One is limited edition. One, I believe, is just a new flavor. Uh, the new flavour is spearmint variety. <laughs> mm. Milder and sweeter taste <laughs> profile. Well, how, how do they think of these crazy flavours? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the second one is a tropical edition, which comes with, uh, what is it? I've got it right here. Passion fruit and mango, pineapple, and coconut. Are you excited oh, about coconut. this? Oh, yeah, the coconut one's weird, isn't it? I'm sort of excited. I'm more excited about the spearmint, to be honest. <laughs> um, this one's quite interesting. I think this will be of particular interest to Nate, actually. 
Um, AG Bar are teaming up. I, I, I believe they're teaming up for an import deal with Bundaberg. Oh, oh hello, hello, saucy. Yeah, now there's two flavours of Bundaberg's already fairly readily available in the UK. Certainly Tesco stock, the root beer and the ginger beer. Yeah. Um, but AG Bar, I believe, are going to be importing six flavours. So including those two, they're also going to be importing the lemon, lime and bitters, the pink grapefruit, the peach and the blood orange. I think the only one we've not actually tried on the show is the blood orange. Cool. The, actually, the two original flavours as well. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fairly big deal for bars, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the, I suppose probably the biggest news, we've just done a bloody news video for this one. Um, Walkers are going to be celebrating their, I think it's their 70th anniversary, with six flavours of like popular meal dishes, recipes throughout the years of Britain. <laughs> Could you try and say that so it makes sense? Oh, it's a great <laughs> sentence, mate. I think it was explicitly clear and there was nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Haven't Walkers, uh, haven't Walkers done very similar things to that in the past? Oh, mate, these are all flavours that they've pretty much done before. Oh. Uh, there's Coronation Chicken, Lovely. Roasted Lamb and Mint. Lovely. Cheese Fondue. Oh! Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> chicken, <laughs> chicken Tikka Masala. Oh. Barbecue Rib. Yeah. And Sweet Chilli. I'll be totally honest with you, I'd be really disappointed if the chicken tikka masala one didn't give you the shits in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on how many facts you have, I suppose. I I imagine that every single one of those will just taste like an existing crisp. Oh, 100%. None of of them are going to be mind-blowing, are they? I mean, although, I do like... um, I'm intrigued by a rib flavour crisp. I think the only rib flavour crisp I've ever had would be the... um, Knickknacks. Oh, yeah. Rib, rib and saucy. They used to do rib, didn't they? I'm sure they used to do barbecue rib flavour anyway. Yeah, I think they did. I think yeah. I, I think they did. Um, oh. I find that Walkers phone it in with their core brand, Walkers. Yeah. Admittedly, when, when they did their British one last year, was it, or the year before, when they did like six flavours, there was one or two in there that were quite... Unique, quite. Well, I say unique. They they sort of actually nailed the flavours fairly well. Weirdly enough, I'm sure one of them had cucumber in, and you could actually taste the cucumber. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that was the sandwich flavours. Yeah, yeah, the, that was it. The sandwich flavours. So they, they do sometimes do it, but I agree they are um, fairly lazy. But I imagine that's what happens when you've just cornered the market. And you don't want to yeah. give a shit about your consumers anymore. Yeah. Just destroy it, destroy every other crisp brand, brand completely monopolise the market, and then make it awful. Yeah. yeah, scum, absolute scum. I don't think that'll be. I don't think that'll be the only time Walkers gets mentioned tonight either. Which I'm disappointed at now that I hate them. I've just oh yeah, com- completely Gary changed Lineker. Gary Lineker. Completely changed my opinion of Walkers in the last three minutes because I'm so fickle. Has anyone else got any news? Um, I saw on the Daily Mail website earlier today that um, Burger King have announced a new burger. It's called the Bacon King Burger. It comes with two patties, double cheese, and eight slices of bacon. That which... sounds. That sounds enough. That sounds like enough bacon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the the thing is, whenever I, I absolutely love Burger King. But the one thing that really frustrates me with a bacon double cheeseburger is that the bacon on the burger is naff. It's really rubbish. It's like they're really poor. 
So I think eight should should just about do it. In, um, in what way, in, Paul? Not enough of it, or just that it's so, well, it's just it's so tiny, thin. isn't it? It's really so thin. thin. Yeah. It's yeah. not, you know, you don't. It's it's sort of like trying to rip off American bacon, isn't it? And it's it's not really. It doesn't do it. Um, I interestingly as well. Um, one thing that I did pick up from that story was it contains half a woman's recommended daily intake, which. <laughs> Um, Daily intake of what? Of calories. <laughs> oh, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> of bacon. But, um, yeah, that's one for trying. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if you're a woman, just have two, and then you're done for the day. Save time. One for lunch, one for dinner. Yeah, top top tip for women there. Two of them a day, then you don't have to waste any more time eating. Efficiency. Yeah, correct. That's it. Yeah, you um, get back in the uh, oh. well, lesser podcast with my... No, 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 lesser podcast would make a sexist joke there. Not me. Not the week after International Women's Day. They don't need to go back in the kitchen, mate. They've been to Burger King. <laughs> well, they've got cleaning to do, and I never said that, Nate. No, actually, actually, Nate, if that, if that is your name, I was going to say, get back Nate. in the lab where they're curing cancer and stuff. Bacon-related cancer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um... No, that does sound good. I mean, I will never try it because I'm banned from Burger King, but it does sound good. Have you got any news, Nate? <laughs> any news? Uh, nothing particularly. Uh, no. Is, is, is <laughs> the moon made of any, cheese? Any... <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday, Dale. <laughs> I've got There's nothing. a weird northern guy and his dog walking around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a massive debate as well in the news at the minute about uh, Chinese takeaways. Oh, and if oh, yeah. with a salt warning oh, now fuck. as as people who you know uh focus their attention around food when it comes to podcasting what is your opinion of that i think mj said it quite concisely there fuck <laughs> off. oh there's there's salt in chinese food is there oh fuck is there water in a fucking tap <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is dead. It is proper salty, but you know, I'm not eating Chinese takeaways even once a week, um, and I'm not a particularly health conscious person. I mean, if you're going out, if you're going eating any kind of takeaway on a regular basis, it's gonna, it's not good for you. Chinese takeaways are so salty. Everyone knows. It. You have a Chinese takeaway, you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like you've drank a million pints of beer. You're so dehydrated. Well, unless you're doing it, I mean. Even if you, even if you're doing it once a week, you know, it's salt in it. What what you give me an example of a person who's ever been harmed by ingesting too much white powder, other than Richard Pryor. <laughs> I thought that was, I mean, that, was <laughs> that was a better joke than than the reaction. Anything I've ever said. Yeah, disappointing. No, it's, it is. It is. If anyone's surprised by the fact that Chinese food has got a lot of salt in it. Or Chinese takeaways have got a lot of salt in them. They deserve yeah. salt poisoning. <laughs> yeah, Said it. pretty much. Yeah. What are they? Um, what are they suggesting? That there's just a, a bland sort of like warning on every Chinese takeaway that says "making take." Like, what's what's the alternative? That like every menu has the nutritional advice for every single dish on the fucking menu. I mean, what is? Or a, a sign in the window of every Chinese takeaway. I don't know. I mean, it's salty. It would, yeah, salty. It wouldn't. It, it's not. It was not going to be practical to. I mean, what do you do? 
once, once all this dies down, are they going to stick a... You can't stick a health warning on the packaging like you've done with cigarettes, so what are you going to do? You can't... C- can you force a business to put a, a big sign up in their window saying our products are full of salt? Um, I imagine that the hope is that by doing it and by putting this by, by putting this spotlight on it, they might force some Chinese takeaways to reduce the salt content of the food, but... It would, it would get too confusing, wouldn't it? Oh, how, how many milligrams of salt in there? Or oh, how many grams of salt are there in number 23? Oh, 12. Well, hang on, what fucking number is it now? <laughs> Great. Great. That's what, see, because that joke relates to Chinese oh, restaurants. Yeah. yeah, they number their dishes, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam, are you regretting coming on this podcast now? Not at all. <laughs> Good. Let's move on. Let's move <laughs> on like... before you start regretting it. Um, so it's because Sam comes to us from the world of football, big football fan. He's been very, very lucky that through his his career in the media, he's been able to get jobs in football, which I suppose must be pretty much the dream. You know, you've you've wanted to be a broadcaster for as long as I've known you, and you've you've, you've achieved that. And not only have you achieved it, but you've achieved it within football uh, and um, certainly with your podcast within the, the club that you've that you've always loved. So uh, with Sam being here, we thought we would talk about the, the collision between football and sport and the world of food. And to start us off on that, I think we should probably have some quivia, Nathan Peterson. Why not have a little bit of quivia? Um, so I've taken a slight... Detour. I think we're probably going to start talking about maybe some foods that we've had at sporting events and things like that. Um, but what I've tried to do is obviously sportsmen um, and women, of course, International Women's Day last week, as MJ said, um, sports guys are involved in a lot of endorsements. So why not have a look at some of the uh, food endorsements that they've done over the, uh, over the years? <clears throat> so question one. <laughs> Three huge sports stars Three huge fast food joints. Can you name which one has advertised which? So this is like this is like League of Their Own. This bit with where they have the three with you instead of James Corden. I don't know a which much, is worse. A much funnier fat man than uh, James Corden. <laughs> um, so and, yeah, three, and more successful. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, three stars: David Beckham, LeBron James, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Easy. Go on then, Michael. Next. <laughs> um, was, so, yeah, so the three joints are KFC, Burger King and McDonald's. Which has advertised which? One point for each correct answer. I will start with our guest, Sam. Um, I think I'm going to go to... I'm going to start with Burger King because I've already mentioned Burger King. And I'm hoping that people at Burger King will probably listen to this and say, we should probably give him some vouchers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So I'm going to say Cristiano Ronaldo for Burger King. And the only reason I'm saying this is because whenever I've been over to Spain, whenever um, I've been fortunate enough to watch football over in Spain, that there's always a Burger King fairly near. And and that's like a ritual of mine in the airport, getting a Burger King. So that's the only reason why I'm going for... Ronaldo okay. and Burger King. Okay. Um, so what about the other two? Um, LeBron James and KFC. Okay. And Beckham and, and Oh, McDonald's. racist. 
That's a shame. That's a shame. Oh. <laughs> it was all going so well for me. Oh. Stuart, stick us out of the hole, mate. Oh, I'm uh, third, am I? Burger King, LeBron, KFC, Beckham, McDonald's, Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, and Mr. Michael Jameson. Cool, this is fascinating. I think we're all going different. Um, Lebron Shamis <laughs> is uh, Burger King. I'm relatively confident on that one. That's what I said, so... Uh, David Beckham, McDonald's. That's what I said as well, so... Wait, no, no you didn't. You oh, said, no, I didn't. I said no, KFC, no. yeah. yeah. All right. Good fucking hell, mate. Cristiano Ronaldo, KFC. MJ showing his immaculate sport knowledge there. Um, <laughs> with one point. Oh. Zero points for the other two uh, guys. Um, oh. Yeah, David... David Beckham in 2012, I believe it was, uh, advertised a fruit smoothie at Burger King. Uh, LeBron James had a very lucrative deal with McDonald's, which has actually ended recently. And uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is the face of KFC in Japan. Wow. Well then. There you go. Uh, Tiger Woods is currently sponsored by which energy drink? Uh, Let's go with MJ seeing he's leading. Um, I think I'll go Red Bull. Red Bull for uh, MJ. I, although uh, I will say that more traditionally, uh, Monster is a, a very popular uh, sponsor of sort of the more extreme sports like Monster Trucks, Golf, um, and Red Bull, <laughs> tends <to> be, <laughs> Red Bull tends to be sort of your motorsports like your, your Monster Trucks. Like, truck. like Tiger Woods is involved in. <laughs> like your Monster Trucks or so, your Golf, yeah. God. Well, there's uh, caddies in there. Sam, have you got um, an answer? Um, I'm thinking American market um, with sport because mainly, you know, golf's pretty much American, isn't it? All the tours played over there. Um, I th- initially thought Gatorade, but I've not seen them do any advertising for ages. Um, so I'm going to go Monster just because that might be a. Oh. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to copy MJ. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Even though they're uh, generally involved in monster trucks. <laughs> yeah, I think they're gonna. Bra- I think they're branching out. Okay, uh, Stuart. Hey, right, right. Hang on. So what? So, so some some you went for monster. Yeah. All right. Um, is Gatorade classed as an energy drink? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I don't because I don't think is. I mean, does. I, I'm struggling for other things that might have the profile of Red Bull or Monster. I don't think Rockstar has the profile, does it? Um, uh, no, it's quite big. Is it? Yeah, is it big enough big. to sponsor? Is it big enough to sponsor Tiger Woods? Oh, oh uh, God, yeah, yes, yeah, massive. Oh, what about Carabao? Everyone's favourite. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, sure if that's in America, actually. I, I'm going to go Gatorade. <clears throat> Gatorade, just to to throw a, a spanner out. in the works. I yeah. do like that. That is a cheeky shout. On yeah. Mm. yeah. Stuart, two for two there, or zero for two. Um, oh. the, the correct uh, answer is Monster Truck supporting Monster Energy. Oh. It has sponsored him since 2016, and the logo features on his bag. Monster is partially owned by Coca-Cola, and he had previously been sponsored by Gatorade, who were owned by Coke's competitors, PepsiCo. Who would have thought, thought that Tiger Woods wouldn't stay loyal? Right, question three. 
Oh, yeah, or I was going to go with, well, monster on his bag, monster as a personality. So. Brilliant. Yeah. When Question it comes three. to cheating on women. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, the English Football League Cup has been sponsored by five different drinks. Actually, yeah. I think I know some of these. Yeah. One point for each guess. Yeah. Three guesses each. We're going to go round robin, one guess yeah. at a time. Uh, yeah. Let's go with Stuart to start this time. How many can I say? You can do one at a time. Right, milk. Milk is correct. That's one point for Stuart. Uh, Sam. Worthington's. Oh! That is a point for Sam. Michael Jameson. He hasn't hasn't got a chance. (laughs) This is probably wrong, but I do know... The fact that this wasn't the answer in the first two makes me think that this isn't true. But this is a cup. <laughs> the Carling Cup. He's yes. doing it! That counts. Is that it? Oh, I'm yeah. Yeah. Te- that. Technically, technically oh. Molson Cause, but Carling Cup is what he was known as. I'm um, mad. You football <laughs> lad. Football lad. Stuart, two more to get. Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine that Sam's not going to know both of them. So I'll leave him with the, the more recent one and I'll have Coca-Cola. Yeah, one Stuart and Sam Carabao. Yeah, correct. MJ, do you want to throw a drink in, even though you've got no chance of getting a point yeah, off of it? Yeah, sorry, what's happened here? So those those <laughs> guys have both got a shot at two points, and just because I went last, I get one when I'm already handicapped because I'm a non-lad. Brilliant. Well, well, they Milk. might have, they might have got one of them wrong. So Milk. Yeah, uh, that's right. Zero points. Do, just before we have the next question, just to just to explain to Sam, uh, MJ's complete non-football laddishness. Um, I d- don't know whether you know this, but Nate Peterson, big Man United fan. Sam, you're a big uh, Man City fan. I'm a big Bradford City. Sam, Michael Jameson, do you just want to tell uh, tell Sam what football team what football team you support? Uh, I still I don't know if you know this actually, but um, so. I used to support, for a very long time, I used to support West Brom. Um, however, I've now, this season, I've sort of changed <laughs> things up a bit. Um, they didn't really do it for me last season. So I've I've sort of got about five teams now. Um, <laughs> quite like Bournemouth. I like Southampton. like a bit of Fulham. Forest Green really are sort of the main ones because of their kit. Pompey uh, are all right. They're okay. Tranmere Rovers, just because of the name. <laughs> you know, a lot of you know, a lot of people ask me, oh, you know, did you watch the match last night? Oh, did I watch the Manchester City match? You know, I mean, you're looking at it, you must have been about 10 minutes in. David Silva performs <laughs> some sort of wizardry with his feet and he scores a goal. You know, you're looking at it, we enter the second half and a mere five <laughs> minutes into it, there he is again, David Silva. <laughs> Scoring another goal, and then you look towards the end of the match, getting getting on towards the end. People like Joe Allen are picking up yellow cards. <laughs> <laughs> so don't come to me about what uh, you know about football. Incredible knowledge. I f- I was under the impression that you were an MK Dons fan. Oh yeah, they're all right. They're quite local. <laughs> I, think, I, I think my favourite thing about that, apart from the fact that he supports pretty much every team. <laughs> is that you've got almost the entire south coast covered. 
you've basically ruled out Brighton, but you you love you love Bournemouth, Southampton, and Portsmouth, which it's it's it, it's almost unforgivable in itself supporting more than one of those. I do quite like Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant amazing. brilliant back to, should we get back to the quivia then oh yeah question four in 1997 which retired global superstar opened a now closed steakhouse called 160 blue in chicago um yeah. let's start with mj because he's <laughs> oh come on such a dickhead uh, <laughs> let's start with mj now that we've got a fucking impossible one the last <laughs> question was name a drink at least I fucking know the names of some drinks. One of the answers was fucking milk. And now it's, oh, name a sports star, preferably Chicago, and he might play for a blue team. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Um, Just before you answer, Sam Stewart, before, don't give any anything out. Do you think you have an idea of who this might be? Yeah, easy, isn't it? Sam? Um, don't say it, but just, I just want to, I just... I'm gonna. I could take a stab in the dark. That's where right. I'm at at the minute. Okay. All right. I'll take a stab in the dark. Craig and Phelps. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You get ten points for uh, getting it, per- pronouncing it perfectly. <laughs> I'll be um, honest. I didn't, I didn't think that'd be. Let's go to Sam next, then, seeing as he's going to have a stab. Um, I'm going to have a stab in the dark and say Pele. Pele. Okay. In which case we're going to Stuart. Are you? Are you have you lost the plot, Sam? <laughs> I, I honestly, it's, it's I've no. When Surely, podcast uh, people who listen to the Blooming podcast will know that my memory is terrible. I barely remember what I had for dinner last night, let alone what happened in the match gone at the weekend, I... which is pretty poor for me considering I do a. A, a city podcast every other week, and I'm required to talk about football that has happened in the past. But um, <laughs> you just, and you've just yeah. admitted on a food podcast you can't remember what you had for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, I, surely the Please. answer we're looking for is the highest earning sportsman ever, with a, a net a net earning of one point nine billion dollars of his career. Craig and Mike, Craig Michael and Jordan. Oh. Michael Jordan is is Stuart's answer. Um, yes, you're correct. It's the best MJ to ever feature on this podcast, Michael Jordan. Um, the restaurant closed its doors in 2012. However, if you really wish to have a Jordan-themed night out, you can still visit Michael Jordan's Steakhouse or 23 Sport Cafe or Sol Toro or Michael Jordan's restaurant. So he's not doing too bad, right? So that's one for Stuart. And zero that's right. Last An- question. Another way to have a Jordan night out is to hit Dwight York up and see if he'll pass on his little <laughs> black book. I feel like I feel like Dwight York is mentioned on every single podcast somehow. I do, br- I do bring him up a lot, don't I? You do. Is he your hero? I love Dwight York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now for the real sportsmen and women. In 1991, a vanilla-flavored star-shaped cereal called WWF Superstars was released. Yes. There were four box variants featuring two single wrestlers and a tag team. Brilliant. One point, one point for every wrestler you can name. Five points if you can name the fifth variant cover, which was never released. What year was this? 1991. 91, right. Two years, say, two years before those, Sam was born. For <laughs> those that aren't necessarily wrestling fans, these are at least two of these are huge names of the wrestling world. 
And I'm, um, I'm going first, am I? I'm going to let you go first, MJ, because you're... Hey, bonus points. Okay, so Hulk Hogan's got to be one of them. Okay. I'm going to say Macho Man. Ooh, okay. shout. Uh, so that's two. So there's you there's a bonus Hulk. unreleased and then a tag team, yeah? Yeah, there's a tag team and then there's a bonus unreleased. I will let you know that the bonus unreleased is also a tag team. Oh, fuck. Okay. Because I was going to say Brett the Hitman Hart, so no. not that. Um, too early for Brett Hart. Right, okay. I do need to, I do need a hand here. What was the name of the guys with the red armour with the black spikes? Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. And I'll go for the... I don't know another tag team, really. So I'll just say Shaman and... Uh, uh, no, it's too early for Undertaker and Kane, but that's obviously too early for... Craig and Phelps? <laughs> don't be ridiculous, mate. He didn't get into wrestling until 1999. <laughs> Shaman and Phelps, okay. Uh, Sam, would you like to have a stab? Um, I think one of them's definitely got to be Hulk Hogan. Um... The only, like Stuart said, it's way before my time, but uh, my sister was a massive wrestling fan as well. Um, so another one that springs to mind from that era is, is it, was it The Ultimate Warrior? Oh, shout that. Oh, yeah, shout. very colourful, yeah. And I think, I think that could be a goer there. I'm going to have to pass for the rest. I won't know where to start. Okay. Pass and pass. Okay, Stuart. Right, I'm going to go for Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I'm going to go for The Undertaker. Oh. I'm going to go for the tag team as being the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Big names. And I'm going to go for the the unused tag team as the Nasty Boys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You bastard. That was, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think that might have been a bit too early for the Nasty Boys. But, anyway. So... Uh, not a bad attempt. You've all got two points. The actual correct answers were Hulk Hogan, which you all got. Um, the Ultimate Warrior, which Sam got. Legion of Doom, which MJ got. Yeah. And the uh, unused variant was the Bushwhackers. <laughs> As <laughs> if they were awful. Bushwhackers. Oh. I've given them a Google. Bo oh, and yeah. Luke. Bo and Luke, Australian themed, uh, terrible wrestlers. Uh, but hilarious, yeah. No, known for uh, being terrible. That was their, their shtick, essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's probably why they didn't make the cut on the serial, because you know people <laughs> might get the wrong impression about the serial being terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I've just located the, 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 the image. Does it look amazing? I mean, I, I wouldn't buy that serial. <laughs> <laughs> it's, prob- it's probably out of date, to be fair. Yeah, it's it's. I'm, I'm looking at that. They're, they're just not serial um, personalities. <laughs> which which ones? The bushwhackers. Yeah, they had about ten teeth combined. <laughs> it's probably yeah, not there's... a good thing to be selling your sugary uh, cereal with. Yeah, that's it. And vanilla vanilla stars doesn't seem particularly um, macho. <laughs> okay. Um. So that's the end of Quivia. Uh, Stuart and Sam win, draw, tie with five each. MJ trailing behind with four. If only he got that extra question on the um, on the drinks, but he didn't. So, but oh, no, I, I thought you awarded <laughs> me a point for correctly remembering that Stuart said milk. Mm. <laughs> listen, 
Listen back to the podcast, uh, podcast and you'll, uh, you'll find out. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Nathan, yes. that, I reckon, was probably the best quiver you've, you've ever done. No, piss off. No, I, I reckon so. I'm, I'm putting this out there, and I think that that was the best quivier, the yeah, best quivier that you. Sorry, sorry, the best quivier that you've ever done. Oh, I see what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll, do uh, it again, yeah. we'll do it again next week then. Yeah, same questions. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one. Uh, right. So on to the topic in hand. We are here to talk about sporting connections, football connections to food. Now I know I've got a few little few little stories to tell um but before we get on to kind of personal uh, uh stories and that kind of thing what what are our what are our well, maybe before we get on to personal stories i'm literally about to ask you personal stories <laughs> what are our what are our stadium or and our sporting events winners and losers in terms of food either general kind of food items or specific food items that you've had at sporting events obviously not you michael because you've never been to a sporting event. Well, uh, hold so- the fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been, I've got the experience of at least two that I remember. Right, go on then. Let's we'll start with you then, Big Mouth. Ooh, all right. Um, so actually, I've got quite. Um, they're almost polar opposite experiences. The, the 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 less recent one was about a year or two ago. Uh, Mark, my brother-in-law, and I went to the Rugby World Cup um, at MK Don Stadium, actually. In fact, actually, both of these things were at the same place, and they were polar opposites. Yeah, interesting. So we went there, and I think because it was such a heavily... Well, actually, yeah, I've just... (coughs) I can tell you the exact reason. Because, obviously, it was such a heavily um, attended and a monument... Is it fair to say monumentous? I mean, that's not a word, but you can say it if you want, yeah. Monumentous I mean, is it? Oh, monumental. Yeah, or momentous, yeah. Uh, you make up your own words, man. It's fine. It was a big deal. It was a big, big thing. <laughs> uh, so they had quite a lot of caterers there. And one of the, funnily enough, one of the caterers there was a burger van who one of the workers, I think, I don't know if she owned it, but anyway, she was one of my sister's best friends and by extension also knew Mark. Um, so we went down to her van and she sorted us out a couple of free burgers, and there was a re- they were really tasty burgers. They have some tasty burgers. Um, yeah, really nice burger, just classic burger van style burger, very nice and juicy. Um, probably the best burger van burger I've had, I guess. Um, I don't I don't dislike them normally though, to be fair. Um, so yeah, that was really nice, and it was free, so can't complain about that. So that was my nice experience. I know it's not necessarily the most traditional things because obviously football pie lads and all that um but the second time was when i went more recently i think it was towards the end of last year um we me and some pals some football lad chums went to mk dons Uh, it was a friendly match and i can't even fucking remember who they were playing uh oh it leicester They were playing Leicester, friendly match. I was quite excited because I was like, oh, yeah, hopefully we'll see Vardy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, nah, mate. Nah, mate. None, no drink water, no Vardy, none of the names I'd heard of. Uh, the match was nil-nil. It was an absolute washout. Um, and I had a burger to tide me over before we went to Nando's. Um, I had a burger, and it was just from the little MK Dons built-in 
sort of microwave station thing. It was just a fucking dreadful burger. <laughs> oh, mate. It sounds like you had... It's no wonder you don't like football. It sounds like you had a horrible experience. That was a bloody dull match. So, in terms of your experience, then, you would say that r- rugby food is better than football food? Correct. Yeah, Correct. I, I have been to some actual good football matches, like Manchester United Ajax and... I've seen Manchester United twice. I can't remember who they played the second time. Um, but I don't remember what I had for food. So that's uh, that's it. That's my sum total contribution this episode. I'll see you later, guys. Uh, carry right. on with the show. Nice one. Um, you must have like a much broader experience of stadium. I mean, you go to a lot more football than any of us, Sam. You travel... You travel abroad to to follow City away. You work at a football stadium. So what's what what are your experiences with with winners and losers in terms of sporting event food? So, um, in terms of like stadium food, um, I think it, it from my personal experience, it sort of ranks in in the same format that the the leagues rank. So Premier League, uh, Championship. League One, League Two, etc. So I'll give you an example Ooh, of. That's uh, interesting. I like that. Uh, I'll give you an example of a really good one, uh, and I'm I'm going back to quite recently to December. Uh, Manchester City. Uh, I can't remember who they were playing now, but they did uh, like a, a a few games at, around that time. They were doing a limited edition pie, and it was a, a chorizo and bean pie. Wow. And you know you think. You think football pie, you think meat and potato. Oh, this was very continental and, and it was lovely. <laughs> it was it was it was a winter warmer from the Isles of Espana and it was, oh. it was delightful. It really was. But then on the other hand, um I also went to, to Home Park where Plymouth Argyle play uh earlier that was in December as well, actually, funnily enough. Um That and, was pre- premiership as well, was it? No not quite, not quite. <laughs> Uh, the finest league League One action, uh, Plymouth Argyle versus Oldham Athletic. It was a dreadful game. Oldham lost four one, I think it was in the end, and wiped it from my memory. Um, but I, I was working, so um, I didn't. You know, we we managed to get some some free food given to us from the, the press room. Um, but it was pretty much the same stuff that that was in on the concourse, and it was a it was a pasty. And it was um, a meat and potato pasty, and it it wasn't great. It was really dry. You know, you think Cornish pasty, you think absolutely filled, but it was really, really not a not a nice experience. Mm. No, there's nothing worse than a dry, floppy pasty. No, <laughs> on a cold Tuesday night in Plymouth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> awful. Have you got any any? Any food winners and losers, Nathan Peterson? Not specifics, no. It's, sadly, it's been a while since I've been sort of any um, <clears throat> sporting venues. I did go to Fulham last year, but I didn't eat. But I did. I'm sure I noticed that they had like a fucking nacho stall, which I just thought, you know, I love I love nachos, but it's just not quite necessarily what I associate with football. So um, it is actually one of the questions I had was sort of how how has the food like Sam said there about the pie and the chorizo pie, is, is like how has the food evolved over the years? Because obviously, like you say, the stereotypical view of it is is pies, maybe burgers, but you know, has has have the grounds moved with the times and tried to implement new food to meet the continental 
side of fans, I guess, because people coming from all over the world to, to, to support these teams. I think, I think um, certainly at a more elite level, so you look at your Premier League teams, I think what they care about more, other than just the football for fans, is, is the match day experience. So yeah. you'll see... Um, you know, you see a lot of Premier League uh, grounds with uh, sort of like an outdoor area, possibly like a fans bar with uh, pop-up caterers, burger vans. Sometimes they might have Christmas markets on, uh, you know, around Christmas time, have uh, German stalls, etc. Which when you think, you know, you go into a football match, you don't necessarily think, oh, I know, let's go and get a, a bratwurst outside the stadium and go in and watch the football and have a mulled wine, etc. Um, whereas, you know, you, you come down the divisions and it is much more about getting people through the gates getting them to spend on the concourses um and not necessarily about um you know fancy limited edition pies if you like mm. <laughs> that sounds very much like we're um adopting is it, isn't it the americans that have the uh is it called tailgating or something like that yeah they tend, to, they tend to have like these not going to say events, but they just all meet up outside the stadium before and after and during the uh, the actual game to have like barbecues and grills and things like that. It, it's mm. it sounds like you know the the food and certainly the whole experience is, is is going beyond what's happening on the pitch and like you say they're trying to develop the whole day rather than it just being the ninety minutes. One thing one thing I will say though, and I've mentioned this to a lot of fan, a lot of friends actually with. With working for Oldham now, obviously, I'd, I'd see a lot more League One football than new Premier League football. Um, but when I go watching City, uh, which unfortunately has been a rarity for me this season with work, but when I do go to watch City, overall, I don't enjoy the match day experience because of exactly what we've just said. But one thing that they have introduced, which I think is sort of doing the rounds amongst the Premier League teams, um thinking, you know, if they can get fans early to the ground, they can get them in quicker, they can get them spending quicker, buy more food, buy more drink, is what they've introduced is uh, an hour between the gates opening and an hour, all drinks are £2.50. So you can get like a pint for £2.50, which is, you know, unheard of at a modern football stadium these days. So that's Mm. something that is, um, you know, is is big thumbs up (coughs) for me. How, How much are the pints usually? Uh, depend on what you you know you, you're looking at four pounds yeah. minimum really you know uh, for a premium lager it's about four pounds fifty at, at Manchester City which and that's in the north yeah <laughs> yeah I, ju- I judge genuinely though I, I mean if you went somewhere like the Emirates Stadium I reckon you probably am I wrong would you be paying seven or eight quid a pint I would um, I was going to say um, I have been to the Emirates but it was a long time ago and I can't really remember what what was on the concourse? I just remember the game because we won. Um, but I have been to Wembley recently, and it's very much the case there. It's it's ridiculous. The food's ridiculous as well. So you you know you're looking at like a burger, chips, and a drink. You're looking at you know fifteen quid at least, which is I've, an absolute uh, ass. I've actually got someone from Arsenal Fan TV on my <laughs> Skype. Um, let me see if I can patch him in now. Um, <laughs> Grevham, how much are the pints at the Emirates? <laughs> All right, see you later, mate. That's an Arsenal fan TV gag there. Amazing. Well done. Well that's, done. That's very, like, 
I'm, I'm actually amazed that MJ's got that one. Yeah. Well done. That was a good little bit, that. Well done, mate. Very relevant. <laughs> I have I have been talking with the idea of doing like a, like an Arsenal fan TV parody video. Just to get a couple of my mates in like red jackets or Arsenal shirts or whatever to walk by in the background, uh, just back and forth as like the extras, and then just be speaking to various Neanderthals. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. Good times. No offence to any I... Arsenal fans uh, listening. They're obviously a much better team than Forest Green. <laughs> Forest Green. I am... Um... I, I'm, I must admit, I'm a bit like you, Nate, in that I don't. Uh, I've, most of the football that I've gone to, I don't think I've really eaten at, at football stadiums. Um, but as far as I'm, I think that it's still very much a pies and burgers culture within the grounds. Mm. I do reckon there'll be a lot more, like Sam says, though. Um, like even at, even going back to Bradford a few years ago, last time I went to Valley Parade. They were having, they were, they had like a balti pie and stuff like that. So there were, there were slightly more interesting flavours. They were doing things, but it was still very much within the realms of a pie or a burger. When you look at the affordability uh, surveys that they do for football, they price that up as your, your ticket, your program, yeah. your cup of tea, and your bur- and your and your pie. That's your, your your day out, the cost of your day out. So I think it is still very much the norm. Um, but I'm not, you know, I. I like I said, I'm not one for, for for going for something to eat at a football match. It's not. It's never been a, a massive priority for me. When I was a kid, we used to take bits of food with us and, and what have you because my dad was tight. But um, we'd never. I've ne- no, I don't, I'm not sure I've ever actually gone and had a burger or a pie at a football match. I'm not sure I've had one actually within the ground. Um, like I remember when I have been up to Old Trafford, that we, my dad would have taken us to um, some sort of van that was like maybe located a mile away from the ground or something like that. So the prices yeah. weren't sort of ridiculous, but at the same time, you're getting something to um, keep you warm for the rest of the, the rest of the day. But uh, I'm not sure that I've ever bought within the ground. What, um, are, they, what are the pies actually like? Are they, because I sort of envision like a bird's eye sort of... <coughs> it's interesting actually because... Um, well, I wouldn't say football clubs necessarily, but I think football fans really pride themselves on the brand of pie that they have. Mm. Um, so obviously, a massive ones Hollands. Um, there's also Pucker, uh, which is a big one. Uh, but another one, which after having had many pies throughout football, um, throughout many, uh, you know, uh, quality of football as well, I have to say um, that right pies are the best. The Wright's Chicken Balti Pie is a winner. Uh, and that I, I recently had that on Monday evening at Stoke City. They stock Wright's Pies, and it's very, very tasty. Mm, I've never heard of them. I know that when uh, Delia got involved at Norwich, she had them, uh, she got uh, Holland's Pies there. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was the, that was the, the sure sign of quality that if, 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 if Holland's is good enough for Delia, Mm. That's good enough for me. I think there's a north-south divide generally with Hollands and Pucker. I think Pucker oh, is really? more a southern pie. I'm, I'm, yeah. say, I'm not sure I'm aware of Hollands, or certainly not not as aware of it as um, as Pucker. Yeah, they're better. They're much better. Oh. You mentioned like um, you mentioned an interesting one there, Stu. Like chef partnerships in football. 
So yeah, yeah. the Delia one in Norwich, obviously she, she's from there and stuff like that. That's an obvious one, but one um, one that is coming to, I think it's the final year of the contract at the minute at City is Jamie Oliver. So Jamie Oliver does um, the food there, and Ooh. so the, the treats on bean pie, I think we have to credit with Jamie Oliver. But on uh, <coughs> other level as well, um, Oldham Athletic, uh, the hospitality. Uh, that they they have there in in the new north stand is all designed that the food is designed by the 2015 master chef winner simon wood and it's very wow. delicious uh so it's it's really interesting you know partnerships and stuff like that that throughout levels of football it's it's really interesting to see stuff like that but that's in the hospitality then that's for the people that yeah, are yeah. either being schmoozed or are paying for that expensive executive match day experience like a full restaurant meal yes yeah yeah See, that's an interesting one. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's not something that I reckon most football fans haven't done it. I, had, I did it once as a small boy at Elland Road. Um, I was t- my dad was taken um, as a, a, to an executive box at Elland Road to watch Bradford versus Leeds in like the 1987 season or whatever. And before that match, we went for a meal in the in the hospitality of the executive restaurant. But I, I mean, I can't. All I remember about that meal is that the dessert was rum barbar. That's all. Like, literally all I remember. Like a proper eighties meal, I can imagine. But um, it's. I wonder because a lot of football grounds now, it's not just corporate sponsorship that's using that. They open that up as a package. You can, you know, you can buy it for someone as a birthday present, yeah. and it's often pretty reasonable. I think, like to get one of those match day packages. Yeah, I think um, certainly um, for a football club, and you know, finan- financially, I think. Matchday hospitality is, is one of the main sort of, uh, no pun intended, but breadwinners, if you like. Um, yeah. And one thing as well is that's, that's recently coming to the floor with elite teams, looking at Premier League, Premier League teams in particular. Again, I'll, I'll make reference to City, is that they have so many different levels of hospitality. So, you know, you have your basic sort of... Um, hospitality two course meal in the i think it's called the legends suite or something like that uh, you, know, you have to buy your drinks and stuff like that but it's a sort of uh, smart casual environment um you know you'll you'll be greeted by one of the former players at your table it'll go around all the other tables but then you, you go up a level and then it's you know like a, a free bar in a in a different suite like the Mancunian suite or something like that. Then you've got your directors box at Manchester City, the, the chairman's club I think it's called, which is you know the, the creme de la creme. And then on top of that, you have like your super executive whole new match day experience, which is the Tunnel Club, um, which has has got a lot of press recently just for how how much it is, um, you know. The, a lot of speculation around actually how much it is because it's not something that they advertise but there's rumours of it being like up to £2,000 a ticket but you get to see the teams like in the tunnel um, through like glass um, apparently a part of the packages the the analysts will, will deliver a pre-match sort of team talk about how he's going to play the system etc and you'll have a meal and stuff but the levels of hospitality at football games now are, are Incredible, really. You look yeah. at Spurs; his brand new stadium. There, they're talking about all different levels of hospitality as well. Whereas, you know, you, you go to somewhere like SportsDirect.com Park, uh, Oldham, and it's, um, you know, it's sit down, have a three-course meal, watch the game in the padded seats, and 
and uh, come back into the game afterwards for the man and match presentation and and have a few drinks and off you pop. I was I was reading about that Manchester City um, hospitality package. Yeah, there's the um, tunnel one, and then I think the one one above that was called like the Gold Elite package or something. It's something like it was about five grand a ticket. I think you got everything that you get in the tunnel package, but uh, after the match, um, Yaya Torre fellates <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that worth the money? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I've already signed up for three weeks for yeah. five thousand pounds and a birthday cake. Well, they've got to give something for Yaya to do because he's not getting a game, is he? <laughs> Poor Yaya, <laughs> too busy oh. dishing out bludgeon <laughs> to worry about the games, mate. Oh dear! Um, have we got oh. any other any other football ground? Or sporting event, food and drink stories? Um, I, I really, I, I wrote this down today because I knew I was obviously speaking to you guys um, and it's a, it's a massive week for horse racing. Cheltenham's on, <laughs> the Cheltenham Festival. Um, Go on, we're not going to be talking about eating horses, are we? No, now? no, no, not quite. No, no, no. We'll <laughs> skirt around that scandal. Yeah. Uh, but the Cheltenham Festival, and I, I'm, there's a lot of new, like news stories doing the rounds about the levels of consumption uh, for food and drink. And, and some of the stats that I've uh, plucked out for you are that five tonnes of cheese will be consumed this week at the, in Cheltenham, at the Cheltenham Festival alone. Five tonnes of smoked and fresh salmon will be consumed and 265,000 pints of Guinness will be drank this week in uh, from Tuesday to Friday. So it's not even a week. Um, but that is mad. It Jeez. just shows, doesn't it? You know the amount of food and drink in sport um, yeah. goes hand in hand. Just think about the amount of gout that there's going to be <laughs> in and around the Cheltenham area next week. Why so much Guinness? Why? What is Guinness? It does Guinness seems to be synonymous with horse racing? I suppose it's that there's a lot of there's a lot of Irish in horse racing, isn't there? But it's such a terrible beer. It's oh. It's a fairly limited menu as well. If you've only got cheese, uh, <laughs> cheese two, two types of salmon, <laughs> two types of salmon. Though, come on, taking a glass. You know, you've got your starters with cheese. You've got your mains, uh, your smoked and fresh salmon, and then for dessert, you've got a cake in a glass, a nice Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> that is that. That's an insane amount of food. The only this is only very vaguely related to sport. But I will say that on the first day, I think it was the first day, the first or the first time that I saw Manchester United play live. There's a lot of Manchester United stories, considering they're a team that you don't list on your exhaustive <laughs> list of football clubs. Uh, to me, I I did support them for a number of years when I was sort of <laughs> a youngster, like a glory hunting person, I suppose. All right, come on, down. <laughs> Do that when you're young, don't you? An ignorant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh, um, no, so the the first day I saw Manchester United was also the first day that I tried the popular Japanese restaurant Wagamama, uh, <laughs> and I had the I didn't have chicken katsu curry, which I think was my mistake. Uh, I had the I think it's called curry lemon or something, the quite fragrant coconutty noodle broth, and I didn't really like it that much. Um, but I have had Wagamama a few times more recently, probably about three times in the last <laughs> week, and I do enjoy it more now. I stick to their 
chicken katsu curry <laughs> and the cherry hoisin duck wraps. And you, you, you have a lovely, lovely time. <laughs> oh, I don't know why there's so much laughter. I'm just talking about Wagamama, mate. You're such an idiot. I'm just talking oh. about Wagamama, mate. You've got to get over it. I don't know why you pronounce oh. Wagamama's wrong all the time, though. Do you, you fuck off with that. Do you not have Wagamama up north? Yeah, we do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they haven't yeah. Manchester United by the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. I like a Wagamama's. It's good. Yeah, you like a Wagamama, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. You don't say Nando's is. Oh, come on. Come on. sometimes. <laughs> do sometimes you've got a catchphrase you use it don't you yeah 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 if we learnt anything from Roy what was Roy what was his name Walker. catchphrase Roy Walker Roy Walker, Roy Walker. I, I, do you know what I said earlier it wouldn't be the only time we mentioned Walkers this podcast hey. oh, sweet, wasn't it? Hey. I've got a very I've got a small anecdote to tell uh, uh, this is regarding um, surprisingly beer and football I um, I've only ever left one football match before the final whistle I'm, I pride myself on. I'm not one of these people who, who leaves early to catch a, to get to get an early start on the traffic or whatever. And the only time I ever left a football match, I I went to watch Stockport County versus Solihull Moors in the Vauxhall Conference or whatever it's called now, yeah, the, Vanar- you, the Vanarama League. Definitely um, would have about to beat the traffic on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> about. This was about three seasons ago. The reason I was going to that match is that a mate of mine uh, is from Solihull, and a load of them had come up to the match, so we said, oh, we'll, we'll go. So we all there were met a few players short, so they asked you to... There were a few players, yeah, so I turned <laughs> up, because I'm, I'm an absolute legend. Um, so we all met in the pub at about 12 o'clock, a few beers, uh, made our way to, to Edgerton Park, the Stockport County ground, and went in the away end, the Solihull end. Uh, pay our... First of all, I was horrified that it was like 20 quid to get in to go and watch um, Vauxhall Conference football. Jeez. And I was, and I'd had a few beers by this point, so I was pretty, like, like angry with the person <laughs> on the turnstile. Like, I let them know how ridiculous I thought it was. I was paying tw- 20 quid to go and watch this ridiculous game. So we get in there, so I say to the steward, where's the, uh, where's the bar, mate? Where do I get a beer? He says, uh, no, no beer in the away end. So I, I then spent the entire first half trying to convince the stewards to let me out of the away end and let me into the home end because my argument I'm not I'm not from Solihull mate like proper manking my accent up to make it make it very clear I'm not I'm only in here I'm only in this end because I'm a neutral I won't cause any bother if I go in and stop end. anyway to cut a long story short they refused to let me leave the away end and to go in the stop part end to buy beer so I left I left the ground at half time and uh, I think it was probably the right decision because it was in the 45 minutes that I was there, even though I wasn't paying any attention to it, it was by far and away the worst game of football I have ever seen. Wow. Absolute dirt. Like, what, what League of Forest Green in? Uh, they're in... League 2. Yeah, League 2. Are they in League 2 now? Yeah. When did they, when did they get into the Football League? Uh, this season. First season, isn't it? Oh, First there you go. There you go. So very much, it was very much the quality of football that Michael Jameson, as a lifelong Forest Green fan, has, has become accustomed to. Not, not, not the usual pretty league one Bradford City football that I'm used to. He wouldn't, um, he wouldn't have made the same oh, mistake about that beer, though. Oh God, no! What? But that—that's is that not racist that they won't serve beer to people from Solihull? It's, it seems, it, it seems, it seems unfair. 
Is that is that is that usual? No beer for the away fans? I don't know. I've never come across it before. I, I don't think it's racist, to be honest. I don't think there'll be people <laughs> rallying in America uh, outside the White House for, for that particular cause. Brummy lives matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, didn't you say you had a bit of an anecdote? Oh. Me? Oh, Nate. Oh, no, 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 no. Nothing, nothing particularly interesting. Certainly nothing that lives up to Stockport Sully Hole. <laughs> <laughs> not, the not much going to Stockport Sully That's a very finite list. <laughs> oh, well, moving on then. Um, we mentioned a lot of these earlier, but I was having a little think about some of the, the stranger kind of football sponsorships, uh, food and drink sponsorships that we've had over the years. Um, obviously, we mentioned quite a few during Quivia, and we brought up uh, Delia and her link with Norwich City before. But are there any other uh, sporting food and drink associations or sponsorships that immediately come to mind and that have stuck in your memories? Rangers always seem to be uh, Glasgow Rangers. That is always seem to be sponsored by a beer. I just I just remember seeing their their kits either having McEwen. Um, mm. Or Carling splashed across the front of it. I think they're tenants as I well. Say, the ten- I think they're tenants now, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, was that was it? Was that Rangers? Was that or was that Celtic? Didn't Celtic weren't they um, tenants at one point? Maybe no. So Celtic had cause as well, or am I? Yes, I think they did have cause. Mm. Um, what about yeah. tennis and strawberries and cream? That is a weird one, isn't mm. it? Why is why is strawberries and cream so inherently linked to Wimbledon? Posh, isn't it? It's, no, it's because, yeah. no, it's because of the scoring, isn't it? Go on, then. Got, Tell no, us a little joke. No, it's not a joke. Love, you've got love is zero. Yeah. Love 15 is basically 1-0. So, Sam, yeah. that's basically 1-0, just so you understand. That. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got love 30. That's yeah. basically 2-0. Then you've got love, love 45. That's three nil. Forty-five, <laughs> yeah. okay. And then you got straws, straws, and cremers, and that's a full, full point. I don't know. I'm sorry. I obviously, obviously said that before I had anything. Yeah, that was good, mate. Yeah. Yeah, fucked that up, and I, I don't Leave know. On him. Yeah, I, like Nate said, I think it's just posh, isn't it? Yeah, it's an aphrodisiac. Yeah, is a strawberry not a light aphrodisiac? Is it? It was in that film, wasn't it? That sexy film from the 1980s. I'll tell you what is an aphrodisiac. Grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> in the videos I watch, anyway. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, any more food and drink? So, obviously, the like walkers have got that long link history with, um, with Leicester. I would bloody love to see Bradford City sponsored by Seabrook Crisps. Yeah. I would look, that would be my absolute dream sponsorship. Yeah. It would be what would be your dream? I'm throwing this one on you. I'm freestyling. What would be your dream sponsorship for your football teams? Go on. You can put a new food or drink based sponsor on the Man City shirt. Who are you having, Sam? Um, Burger King, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. Vouchers, please. Vouchers, Over this please. way. <laughs> another, another um, sort of. I wouldn't say it's strange. But when you're reading through the match day program of uh, an EFL club, so Championship League One, League Two, you'll see a massive Ginsters, uh, massive Ginsters sort of advertisement. Which, when you go, you know, when you're south of the Watford Gap, you can sort of see why that's 
relevant because it's more of a southern thing, isn't it, Ginsters, rather than a northern thing. Is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, I thought they did like pasties and stuff like that. Only I know they've branched out and do like sausage rolls and steak bakes and stuff now, but it ain't got anything on Greg's, has it? Let's face it. <laughs> Isn't that a uh, conflict of interest? Aren't, aren't they the sponsors of uh, Plymouth? Well, I think they sponsor Plymouth and the FL as well. But oh, yeah. they got too much fucking money down there, haven't they? They've got all their fingers in all the pasties down in the fucking League One. <laughs> in fact, I, I mentioned Greg's, um, so I'm going to say Greg's for my dream sponsor. Greg's. Gregsy's, Gregsy's as it's called, Michael Jameson. You'll like that. Go on. Which food or drink sponsor would you like to put on the Man United shirt, Nathan Peterson? Easy. I'd love to see five guys on the Man United shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Dwight York. Uh, Plastered all over Ma- it. Michael Jameson, Forest Green, new sponsor. Who are you having? It's going to be a bit of a weird one, I'm afraid. Um, so I'd have. The, I think I've mentioned him before in the podcast, if not the podcast, and I've mentioned it on about twenty episodes of the show. Totally right. Uh, no, actually. Uh, and I find that offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I would. Uh, shouldn't that go on a Swiss team like AG Alps? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in yeah. Atletico Alps. Um, no, I'd have the... I'd have the Ghostbusters chocolate bar from the very early 90s. Oh, God. On, yeah, on, on the Forest Green Rovers. I'd have that. Because it's worth it's worth advertising a chocolate bar that hasn't existed for thirty years and only you remember, and there's no record of on the internet at all, uh, other than you, other no. than you talking about it. I'd love I've... to know what their budget is for advertising as well. A defunct fucking company. Oh, I mean, Ghostbusters have to be fucking ghosts that are sponsoring you. At least it's relevant. <laughs> Oh, amazing. <laughs> Tell you one that always got me, a sponsor that always got me, was... Are they still sponsored? Everton with Chang Beer. They're, I want to say they're not anymore, but they certainly were like, for a what, bit. What is Chang Beer? I've never seen Chang Beer. No. I've seen it. Can you get Can you get it over here, is it? Yeah, they wouldn't advertise on Everton if you can't even fucking buy it in, in the UK. Well, what, what about... Because the, there have been others, haven't there? Like... Um, Etihad? Are they even <laughs> an airline here? I thought you were going to say are they even available in restaurants here? Like, um... <laughs> sure. and we've had the, and the response, the the shirt sponsors that are in that are, are are largely in another language on the shirt spon- on the on the shirts yeah, as well. There's a load of um, there's a load of cas- uh, casinos that are like based in in Asian countries that yeah you just see you just see the fucking sponsor on the front of the shirts and you just can't even read it. Yeah. The gift that keeps Madness. on giving when it comes to sponsorships and uh, really like sort of bizarre food and drink is Manchester United. So um, I was having a look on their sponsors earlier on, and there was I can remember one. I went because I can remember I went onto the website. I remember from years back, it weren't too. It was a few seasons back. They had a Mexican crisp uh, <laughs> manufacturer. <laughs> And that was going around the advertising board into all game. And I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, the, what these Mexican crisps were called. And it's going to do my head in. But really, I, went on the, um, I went on the website to see what other food and drink sponsors they have. Uh, Casiero del Diablo, as yeah. we all know, um, you know, typically Man United, when you go there, you've got to have a nice bottle of wine for the manager. <laughs> 
Although Fergie's <laughs> not there anymore, um, so I'm not too sure how long that contract's going to last with Fergus not being in charge. <laughs> They're the official wine partner, and of course, <laughs> the official global noodle partner is uh, Nissan Foods. <laughs> Manchester United. You've got to have an official noodle partner. Who's Man, like... Man City's official noodle partner? <laughs> Pot noodle. Markets, there's markets out there to be had. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you go back, if you go back in in the past, every kind of World Cup, every Olympics or whatever has had these ridiculous long lists of official this, official that. Uh, there's an official something of every major sporting event. Yeah, I love you it. Can't, it's kind of understanding that, particularly these massive global brands like Man United, you're going to exploit someone. Someone offers you. How how much are Nissin Foods noodles paying? Do you reckon to be the official noodle sponsor of Man United? Because they ain't paying them in noodles, are they? <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, I mean, what are we talking? Are we talking? Are we talking figures in the millions? Are we talking like they turn around and they go, "Have you got an official noodle sponsor? How about we give you fifty grand? Can we be your official noodle sponsor?" Like, surely you're not going to turn that down. You know, no matter what the offer is, but. It's probably an obscene amount of money. I'm always dubious about what they what they generate from it anyway. I mean, I, I, is anyone going to Man United and seeing it on the billboard and going, "Oh, I must remember to pick up some noodles on the way home"? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'd love to know what it is. Obviously, I assume that some of the Man United players then go and advertise somewhere that it's their favourite noodles. But you know, I've never seen. Obviously, we don't see that in the UK. It's just some of these um, endorsements. You, you just wonder what it is that these companies really do get out of it for the amount of obscene money that they put in for it. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, you, you can never underestimate the sheer kind of pig-headed passion of of someone who's who 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 is like a hundred percent football person. You know, um, there will be ridiculous Man United fans who will only eat Nissin noodles now because they've found out that they're the sponsor and have made that decision and because because football is the most important thing in the world to them, they will just they will they will live and die by that, you know. Um so I reckon there's it is but it's it's the Go on. I, I think it's quite effective as well because I really wanted to try those Mexican crisp. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of laugh, speaking of laughing at Man United's uh, expense, you guys will be happy to know that currently, with ten minutes left to go in the match, Man United are losing two 0 at home to Sevilla and currently crashing out of the Champions League. Oh no, I'm not happy about that. I'm oh. sure. I'm sure oh. Sam's ambivalent to it. <laughs> not the Iron Brew Cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, additional point for MJ. Well done. I think it's uh, it's got to the stage in the podcast where I reckon we should uh, we should play a game. Nathan Peterson, yours. Do you want to chuck some sound bites on us, mate? Oh, I'd love to sound bite all over you, Nathan Peterson. Welcome to Nate's sound bites, the uh, reworked version, which some of you may have heard around Christmas time. Um, I've been chomping on a little bit of celery and uh, basically I've tried to do it to the tune of various uh, football related chants, songs uh, whatever you may want to call them I've got seven, hopefully that's not too many um, there's a little snippet from each one, a few seconds from each one so don't expect the full fucking song I'm not a maniac chomping on celery <laughs> for three minutes um, 
So, yeah, I'm going to play them and I'm going to ask the uh, three lovely gentlemen joining me to uh, guess what song it is. Are you guys ready? Yep. Okay, tell me if you can't hear this, but here is number one. Okay, that's the end of that one. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Right, I've got... I'm not sure, yeah, but I've got I an idea. I think I know what it is. I think I'm going to start with MJ on every single one of these questions. Hope yeah, that doesn't sorry. offend you, gentlemen. Uh, MJ, first song, please. So I think that one is the popular um, Ipswich Town uh, chant. <laughs> uh, we're the horsey blues... Okay, um, I'm not going to say if you're right or wrong because I don't want to give it away to the other gentleman. No, um, Sam. Um, <laughs> is it three lions? Is it three lions? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you in a second, Stuart. Uh, I'm going to go for I'm forever blowing bubbles. Okay, uh, uh, lovely, job. lovely guesses there, especially MJ. Um, it was in fact Blue Moon. Oh, oh, Sam! No. Okie dokie. Manchester Sam. City. Yep, you got it. <laughs> Manchester City. Well done. Right. You David Silver. Yeah. Straight off the bat. Right, number two. That's brilliant. Uh, that is brilliant. <laughs> Uh, right, so this one, I do actually know what this one is. Um, this was made made famous by uh, Bromsgrave Rovers Football Club in the 1980s, and it's no, 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 no more convictions, because paedophilia was rampant in that in that side, and one of the main reasons, one of the contributing factors, at least, to them being shut down. Uh, in the early 90s. <laughs> I did wonder how long it would take you to get paedophilia into the podcast. Um, <laughs> Sam? Um, I'm going to say the Yaya Colo Torre song. Are you? Okay, Stuart? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not every football club's probably got its own variation of, of, of that, of the two unlimited, no limits, whatever. Well, yeah. it is in fact Bromsgrove Rovers. No, 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 no predictions. So MJ gets one. Nothing for you, other guys. Oh. Uh, number three. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, because I actually know this one, I'm gonna. I'm going to say my fake one and then my real one. Um, so the fake one. Uh, it's actually um, it's a, a chart made famous by the followers and supporters of the Friston Colliery Welfare <laughs> Football Club. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh, oh, oh, Saint Him, Saint Our Saviour, the Chairman, Mr. Macclestan. Um, no, it's, I think it's Glory, Glory Man United. <laughs> Uh, Sam? I think 
uh, MJ's nailed it with his first one there. Christian <laughs> <laughs> Collier Rovers or whatever they were. <laughs> yeah, <they're> right. <laughs> uh, do you have a? Um, I I don't want to assume, Sam. I think it's I'm forever blowing bubbles. West Ham. Okay, Stuart. Completely forgotten what it sounds like because I was too busy listening to MJ talk. Nonsense. I'll go for when the Saints go marching in. MJ is leading 2-1 to one. currently. That was indeed glory, glory, insert football name here. Oh. That was easy, guys. That's the only famous one, isn't it? <laughs> Number four. Yeah, 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 yeah. MJ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is... Dost Hill Colts Football Club, your <laughs> shit, and you know it is your crap, and we think you miss. Your, your creativity is astounding, Sam. Um, again, I, I can't see past MJ there. <laughs> so, I think it's spot on, but if, if I'm going to say a different one, I think that was the Carnival de Paris. Ooh, interesting, Stuart. Uh, is it? I'm not sure. Like, I'm, well, I think it's um, it's Vindaloo. Oh, yeah, it might be. Yeah, this is our <laughs> this is after all a food related podcast. Of course, it would be Vindaloo. Oh, so it's currently two MJ, two uh, Stuart, and one for. Sam. Number five. Loser. Number five. Let me just double check what the... There we go. Ready? <laughs> MJ, which, which football club does this relate to in the... Christ, it's between two, I think... It's either Bishop's Waltham Town Football Club, but no, I, I think it's Arnold Kingswell Football Club, um, and it's there. I can't quite remember the name of the song, but it's one that goes, oh, our kits might be muddy and we might look like shit, but we're going to kick you in your assholes, please. Please do remember, no. MJ was winning this game at one point. Um, <laughs> I, I zoned out whilst listening to that. I, I'll be honest with you, I zoned out to thinking, what is the budget for celery on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's high. We've got a Patreon. <laughs> um, is it Three Lions? Lions. <laughs> uh, Stuart. I'm going to go. I'm forever blowing bubbles again because I haven't got an eye. I haven't got. I haven't got a foggiest mate on that one. It was uh, one man went to Mo went to Mo Meadow. The uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh god, yeah, similar. Hell scum. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and uh, on to number six, which is. Ah! 
MJ. Very distinctive. Very distinctive. It's, it's the um, the sultry tones of the Lopham Street United Methodists <laughs> Football Club uh, and their song, which paid tribute to one of their uh, little young supporters who sadly uh, sadly passed away. It's um, Oh, little Tempton, you came to every match. <laughs> Until you died by falling down the old mine shaft, and we <laughs> sing for you tonight. I thought, you know, the, the again, you can't really look far past uh, MJ's there. The excellent rendition of it as well. It was it was taking me back to the terraces, you know, rolling up. <laughs> As you all know, every every club's got a a, a chant about a, a dying boy. <laughs> well, dead. Well, dead. Yeah, no. Some, sometimes dying, sometimes dead. Different songs for different needs. <laughs> if you had to have a more um, serious guest, Sam, I think this finally might be "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles." <laughs> And Stuart, yeah, yeah a, a, a stop clock is right <laughs> twice a day. It's, it's I'm forever blowing bubbles. <laughs> it is indeed I'm forever blowing bubbles. Uh, final little ditty number seven. And uh, MJ, please, which football club does this relate to? Uh, it's a, that's probably the hardest one, but I, the the <laughs> the end bit I think was um, the famous <laughs> uh the famous Hutnell Rolls Leisure Football Club song, um, which was they used to sing it when their team was sort of down one or two nil. Uh, they needed a little boost. Uh, they'd sing, "You could do it. You bloody well can." You can do it. We'll show them how to score goals. You can do it. We're gonna win the league. You can do it. We'll come back from behind and we'll kill some with the goals in the back of the net and we'll get the wins in with the goals. Amazing. Uh, can you, Once sorry, again. can you just repeat that song, please? <laughs> that is a Hutnell Rose Leisure FC. No, that is fine. I, I believe no? you. Um, Sam. Is it Three Lions? Stuart? Yeah, it's three lions. It is indeed three lions on a chest. Um, so, that brings us to a mighty score of MJ. Remarkably, I don't know how, with two points. Off the score sheet balance board. Only one ahead is Sam with three. But leading and winning king of the quiz... Stuart Bullock with four points. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, it's great to once again be the king of uh, the King and Eight sound bites. Um, I'd like to point out that out of two games played tonight, I I was the joint winner on one, <laughs> and I was the runaway runaway winner on the other. So I think we can all all see that in it's only fitting that on an episode devo- devoted to sports that an athlete such as me <laughs> should come out on top. Really. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, it's true. You have played with an ex-professional footballer, correct? 
I have played. I have. I've worked with an ex-professional work, footballer. Yes, yeah. I've worked with an ex-professional footballer. Yeah, um, and and yeah, and I've played football against him. Yeah, and he found the entire experience thrilling and uh, exhilarating. <laughs> yes. Probably why he retired. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right, well, Nathan Peterson, thank you very much for, for your sound bites. And uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to thank Sam very much for joining us on, uh, I've forgotten the name of our podcast, on <laughs> Fruck Unwrap, the Food Review UK podcast. <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone, uh, I'd like to thank, think, thank, thank everyone for listening to Fruck Unwrapped. But this is not the end of the podcast because it's been some time. We haven't played this for a couple of weeks, but, but Sam... Are you ready to play sweeter or savourier? Bring it on. It's time to play a game. Let's play a game. It's called sweeter or savourier. We'll put the name of a food stuff out of a hat. You tell us what you think about that. Will the next food stuff be sweeter or savourier? Will it be sugary or covered in salt? It's just no way to know. Okay, so we haven't played Sweeter or Savory for a few weeks, so I'm glad to have it back. I've dusted off the Northern Flat Cap and it is filled with all of your favourite sweet and savoury treats. The first food out of the Northern Flat Cap, Sam, is... It is Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream. And Sam, it's the third time it's made an appearance in Sweeter or Savourier. Will the next food be sweeter or savourier than Ben and Jerry's fish food ice cream? It's a very sweet food. Oh, yeah, I think I've been handed a good start here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go for savourier. Savourier than Ben and Jerry's fish food. The next food out of the Northern Flat Cap is a Snickers. Ooh. It's the fourth time the Snickers has made an appearance. Are we all agreeing that it's slightly savourier than uh, than than fish food, though? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's marginally savourier. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah there's more salt yeah. in it. That's all you need to worry Correct. about. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is a tough one, because it could go either way. I'm going to go for... Right, could it? <laughs> Could it really? I'm going to go for savourier again, please. Savourier than a Snickers. It is. It's chicken nuggets. Oh, he's done it. It's only, the second, it's only the second time the chicken nugget has ever appeared on Sweeter or Savoury. It's not a branded chicken nugget. It's just a, gener- a generic chicken nugget. You're currently on three, Samuel. Oh. And you're about to get your fourth. Will it be Sweeter or Savourier? <laughs> <laughs> um, chicken nuggets are very nice. Depends what you're dipping with. On how sweet or savoury it is, if I'm totally honest would, with you. Would, would you dip them in a McFlurry? <laughs> Coming next on Food Review UK. <laughs> Mate, it's already happened, there, unfortunately. Chicken yeah. <laughs> McNugget McFlurry. Um, oh, with that in mind, then, I'm going to go sweeter. <laughs> sweeter than a chicken nugget. Oh, it's Sriracha. Oh. Yes, yeah, sweeter. Are you saying it's sweeter? Yeah, sweeter. Are you having that? It's, it's, it's sweet and spicy, yeah. isn't it? And salty. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Sweet, what, it's what, sweet, salty and spicy. It's, it's... What do you say, Nate? Is sriracha sweeter than a chicken I'm, nugget? I'll, I'll admit I've not had enough of it to really say. I, I would think it's probably slightly sweeter, but I'm going to defer to MJ on this for once. Yeah, right. it's, okay, it's we'll, definitely we'll, sweeter, yeah. 
All right, we'll go with it then. All right, mate. Oh, sorry, down. my opinion matters right. now, doesn't it? Fucking hell. Not really. Uh, <laughs> Sam, Racha, sweeter or savourier? Curveball. I'm going to go sweeter again. Oh. Sweeter than Racha. It's a rich tea biscuit. Good choice. Third time out. Third time out. Well done. It's uh, it's not the sweetest of biscuits, but it's certainly sweeter than Racha. Where are you going? I am going to go... Sweeter again. Oh, it's Nutella. Oh, First wow. time out of the hat. Great An absolute. What a what an incredible. Uh, heart. That was a that was a chip from the halfway yeah. line, and it's gone straight in the top corner. You're on six. This is a bit of a run here, six. isn't it? <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. This just six. Nutella. This is this six. is promotion chasing form. This. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going from Nutella? Uh, I'm going to go savourier. Savourier than Nutella? Yeah. Ooh. It, ooh. I think you're all right, but this will have to go to the to the jury. It's the Oreo McFlurry. Ooh. Ooh, savourier. Savourier than Nutella? Ooh. Ooh. Um... Ooh, Nutella's that's, incredibly yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's very close, but I think uh, because of the because an Oreo in itself, the biscuit in an Oreo isn't so sweet. Yeah. It uh, isn't so sweet. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's probably save, slightly savourier. Yeah, I think even if you were doing the ice cream versus a Nutella, you're probably looking at the um, the Nutella being sweet. Yeah, I, I, I think, think so. Yeah. I think to use a sport analogy here is what we've got here is the uh, England goal in the 1966 World Cup where it's hit the underside of the crossbar, bounced down. No one really knows whether it's gone across the line, but I think we're all going to accept that it is in fact a goal, and I think we're going to there we go. we're going to let it go as savoury. They think it's all over. It's not because he gets another yeah. one. What are you going for, sweeter or savourier, Sam? Savourier. Savourier. Than an Oreo McFlurry. This is a very, very good, uh, good run on Sweet Ross Savoria. It's McDonald's fries. Oh, oh, oh. Two, two, two McDonald's products out in a row. That is the second ever appearance for the McDonald's fries. Certainly a savourier proposition than an Oreo McFlurry. What, Which way are you going, Sam? I think I think I've scored a tapping with this one. With getting <laughs> fries, uh, I'm yeah. going to go sweeter. Yeah. It's a drifter. Oh, this Ooh. is this is a this is a this is a glory run. I mean, that's a sweet chocolate bar, isn't it? That, yeah. Reviewed. That is a sweet chocolate reviewed bar. Reviewed live. Third time. No, not reviewed was live. Was it on the soda episode? Uh, it, it was on the. It's on the lost oh, soda no. episode. Oh yes. no! Nightmare. Spent spent an entire day tracking down a drifter to review live, and then forgot to record the podcast. Uh, yeah, third time out of the hat for the drifter, my nemesis. Sweeter or savourier than a drifter, well, Sam? Drifter's covered in chocolate, but it, it's a wafer, isn't it, as well? Mm-hmm. It is. It's caramelly wafer, though, with a lot uh, of caramel uh, okay. involved. Uh, well, I've, I'm going to have to go savourier then, aren't I? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. This will be the tenth oh. out of the hat. You're the, first, you're the first person to hit double figures in 2018. We've restarted the uh, the scoreboard in 2018. How many did Alex get? Did he get three? He got three. Which is pathetic. So you, you, I mean, you're doing well. You, you, you're raising the, the flag for England because our last <laughs> player of this was, was one of those Americans. So you, you've already destroyed him. 
and we've got savourier than a drifter. It's salami. Oh. Second time it's been out of the hat. Oh, it's a savoury meat. It's a very salty sausage. <laughs> oh, it is. Said yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna have to go sweeter than a salami. Sweet, sweeter than salami. It's Stilton cheese. Mm. Oh, I think that's game over, isn't it? it? You reckon? I think so. Stilton's quite strong. Stilton is a very savoury cheese. Mm. I. I can't. I, I think. I can't yeah, I'd, I'd love this run to continue because I think we were nearing like record levels. But I mean, Sam said it himself as yeah. soon as Stilton came out. He basically conceded. So. I've hit the crossbar with that one. I think you have. You have. So that gives you Sam a total. You have put a score of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11 on the scoreboard. That would, even even if we were taking last year's scores into account, I think that would put you in maybe second or third place overall, yeah. which is really, really good. But you are sitting proudly atop of the 2018 sweeter or savourier, uh, what's the word? Table, oh, yeah. table, it's a table. It's a table. It, well done, it's, um, Sam. It, it's a dream debut. You know, um, I'd just like to thank all the fans that, are, you know, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> you know, I've just got to work really hard now to keep trying to get into the squad and, and kick on. I'm sick, Absolutely. I'm sick of these Man City lads just running away with everything. <laughs> dominating constantly. Oh, bring back the 90s. Yeah, bring back Lee, bring back the third division. Oh dearie me! Oh, that sounds like a no, good no. division with some good teams in. Who's in that? The third division. No division three. Don't, division three doesn't exist anymore, mate. But I want to support some of the teams in it. Oh, you, you might have to move to another country to find a division three. Oh. We'll have a whip round and get you a plane ticket if you want. Oh, all right. As long as it's. <laughs> Not one of those cheap countries like Bulgaria. Oh, might be, might be, mm. bit Eastern European. Mm. Sorry, I don't mate. know Bulgarians watch now. Watch? There's no one, no, no one's watching it, mate. It's a podcast. Oh, uh, it's how many? How many of these have we done now? And you still uh, not got to grips with the fact that people aren't watching? To you? be honest, I was actually going for an office quote, but I miss said the office quote anyway. I hope no French. I hope All no right. French women write in now. Oh, yeah, I do. No, I'm joking. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, that brings, with the end of Sweet or Saviour, um, and Michael Jameson uh, rambling like a, a drunk, old, senile idiot, um, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of Frook on Rats. Um, I need to thank my wonderful friend and co-host, Nathan Peterson. You are welcome. I need to thank our amazing, illustrious, special guest who's joined us this evening, Mr. Sam Roscoe. Thank you for having me. And I need to say goodbye and I need to thank all of our listeners. So uh, goodbye and thank you very much, listeners. If you have enjoyed Front Unwrapped, please subscribe. Please drop us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you drop your podcast reviews. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube 
Uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Hit us up on Instagram at Fruitgram. Hit us up uh, on Twitter at Food Review UK. And all do all the social medias. And if you have got a couple of quid burning a hole in your pocket, why not hit up our Patreon? And then we can maybe afford to bring Nathan Peterson back <laughs> from the moon. <laughs> Just uh, speaking about social media, has anyone checked the uh, Club Penguin uh, figures lately? <laughs> <laughs> We're flagging a little bit. I'm going to have to get on there and do some more promoting to some of the other penguins soon. Anyone but you, mate. Anyone but you on there. Yeah, I should be all right. I've done, I've done it in the past. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much, people. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>